praise the Lord, mightiest prophet of the Lord. Amen. Now we have seen uh, blessed people. We have seen uh, that the visitation of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity of God, we have seen that that visitation takes place, the three persons of the Godhead converge in the conversation in the visitation, when the Godhead decides to come all the way down from heaven in bodily form, in body, the body in heaven comes out and comes to the Messiah, and we're still handling the, this visitation to the Messiah before we come to this visitation on He that speaks with you, uh, on the two most dreadful and the most deadly and most anointed witnesses of Revelation 11, the witnesses of God the Father Himself, the witnesses of the Godhead. We are first handling this visitation as it pertains to the Messiah, and you see very clearly that some landmarks take place there, that the purpose for which, first of all, it is so grave, it is gravity, it is of serious gravity, it's enormity in display, it is circumstance that is in display when the whole earth is expecting a messiah. They are waiting for a Messiah for many years. They are wondering, who is he? They are waiting to receive him, to see him. They knew the Messiah. They had great anticipation for the Messiah, expectation. Anxiously waiting for the Messiah. And owing to the gravity of the mission of the Messiah, heaven cannot take chances. God cannot take chances. God cannot, the Godhead cannot take chances. Cannot take any, any single chance on this. The Godhead has to come down himself and identify him to the world. Because that now, only that is counterfeit proof. Nobody can do that. Once the powerful Godhead comes in the form, and I said he is not a dove, but in the form of the dove, and lands on him, marks him like this, then nobody, no, no false prophet, false who, false messiah can do that, can, 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 can counterfeit that. Hallelujah. It is so powerful, it is so serious, it's of great gravity, that God the Godhead himself has to come and identify the Messiah and tell them, this is your Messiah. And admit him essentially into the office of the Messiah that he may begin to do the military duty, the military duty of the Messiah, the military calling of going to combat sin and Satan. The Godhead himself. He, that, that, that he does not give to anyone else. There are certain missions he can send somebody, he can, but when it's of such gravity, he comes down himself. 
to identify the Messiah. And we've seen how that identifying of the Messiah essentially admitted the Messiah into the office of the Messiah, into the duty of the Messiah, into the role of the Lord Christ, into the role of the Lamb of God. And then from that point on, he went now all throughout. He went all the way and he completed the mission of the Messiah. And for that reason, he beholds the power to take the scroll from the right hand of God the Father in the book of Revelation chapter 5 and to look in the scroll, into the scroll, and to break the seals of the scroll and begin commissioning the zero countdown to the end of time. So that authority, you see, is given to him down here when John the Baptist, when now he baptizes him. And God himself comes from heaven. The Godhead comes and lay the authority, lay the endorsement on him, say, this is your Messiah. This is the Christ you waited for. This is your Yeshua. This is Hamashiach is this one here. This is the Christ. This is the Messiah. And he says, identifying him in such a way that the entire earth, when they see, they are surely, yes, this is he. Nobody can have a stake of doubt. Any. But I want to move the conversation, Father, beloved people, still on the Messiah, before we come on the Buhungu Stadium, uh, January 1, 2009, still on the Messiah, beloved people. And now, why, why at this time? Because Christ Jesus was 30 years old at that time. At that time, he was 30 years old. Why at this time? Why did now the Godhead decide that he must come down and admit him, inaugurate him, and officially now swear him in and give him the instruments of power in the office of the Messiah. The instruments of power in the office of the Messiah. Swear him into the office and give him the instruments of power to begin to do the military duty of that office. To combat sin and Satan, which he successfully did. Why at that time? Now, the book of Numbers, beloved people, the book of Numbers, chapter 4, step by step, why? I'll look at why at this time, then I'll come, why him? The book of Numbers, again, Numbers, chapter 4, we can read verse 3 and also verse 30. Only two verses, maybe one is suffice. Numbers chapter 4, beloved people. Am I now very clear and there is no interruption, Senior Bishop Joel? Yes, please, my Lord, the mightiest prophet of the Lord, please. Amen. So Numbers chapter 4, verse 3. We'll get to verse 3 here. Why at this time? And so he says, Count the men from 30 to 50 
Yanukovych, who come to serve in the work of the tent of meeting, that is NIV, New American Standard says, from 30 years upward, even to 50 years old, all who enter the service to do the work in the tent of meeting. Amplified says, from 30 years old and up to 40 years, up to 50, sorry, from 30 years old and up to 50 years old, all who can enter the service to do the work in the tent of meeting. And now, still reading further on King James, let's see what King James says. King James says, from 30 years old and upward even until 50 years old, all that enter into the host to do the work in the tabernacle of the congregation. Very powerful, beloved people. He's talking here of some serious setting that had been put in place. And he's saying, for anyone, for anybody to go into the service of the Lord, they were needed, they needed them. It was required of them that they be 30 years and above up to the cup. The cup is 50. 30 years up to 50. 30 years was the cut side. But they cut the threshold at 30 because they expected when one is 30 should be mature, has maturity now is responsible, has responsibility now. They can be responsible people. They can, they, and also strength and energy-wise, that is when they have greater strength to serve. They are able to now serve and take on tasks and make judgment, right judgment, and all that. So 30 years was the age. I'm simply defining why did the Godhead decide that at 30 is when Jesus would be admitted into the office of the Messiah. And if you look at the Levites, I'm talking about general, all of them that were entered, because they said there was so much need. There was so much need in the temple for service. So they said, anyhow, let us take 30. Because 30 was responsible enough, was of great understanding, had maturity enough, can make serious call, a call of duty, a serious call into decision-making in the house of the Lord. And full of strength and energy, and that is the, the maximum performance that they set at 30 and moved it to 50, a cup of 50. Because they know beyond 50 at the time, they consider now they are waning off. They're beginning to lose strength. So between 30 and 50. However, when you look at the Levites, when you read the same numbers, chapter 8, verse 24, the Levites began earlier. In fact, they began from 10 days old. Essentially 10 days old. We're not reading that, you know, in the baby, the, 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 the sons, the firstborn sons were taken to the temple. 
and presented unto the Lord for service. So they really began at 10 days old. However, I'm talking about now when aged, when, when now you are able to perform. For the Levites, it came down to 24, to 25, not 24. Again, I'm saying the book of uh, Numbers chapter 8, verse 24. This is what he says. Numbers 8, 24, he says. This is 20. Yeah, so 24 is here. He says, this applies to the Levites. Man 25 years old or more shall come to take part, to take part in the work of the tent of meeting. So for the Levites, five years earlier, though essentially speaking, they began at 10 days old when they were presented in the temple. But you see very clearly here, that for the Levites, they brought them a little earlier. They took them earlier, 25, in terms of this energy strength and this call for responsibility and maturity. They were taken five years earlier, and those five years were essentially used to prepare them for service inside. So they were in the service, but being prepared for appearing. That's why there is a difference between Numbers chapter 4, verse 3, Numbers chapter 4, verse 30, and Numbers chapter 8, verse 24. So now 24, 8, 24 defines for the Levites. But Jesus was 30 when he was baptized. And so then, the next very important thing is this. Why him? Why now they, they decided it is him now that shall be the Messiah, shall be admitted. There are many millions of people on the earth. Why did the Godhead descend only on him? Only to him, beloved people. Like a dove. And that means he is not a dove. He simply took the body from like a dove. And as you can see, he's a very big dove. Very big. And no, not, not the normal dove. Not the normal dove, and white and pure and glorious, and very powerful. And I'll describe to you many other moments when the Godhead has visited me in dreams, and then you'll understand the entire picture of what we're dealing with here. And so, the book of Psalm 45, beloved people, turn with me to Psalm 45, verse 7, so we may open up a little bit more. Why? Why, why, why really? Do, why, why him? Why did he come straight unto him? Straight unto him. And why the baptism anyway? Straight to him. And why the baptism, beloved people? So the book of Psalm 45, verse 7. That's where we begin from this segment now. Psalm 45, verse 7. Psalm 45, verse 7. Psalm 45, verse 7. Psalm 45, verse 7. <laughs> 
I'll read many versions here, but the real version I would have longed to read is called the New Living Standard. New Living Standard is a very powerful version. The New Living Standard. Let me go into Bible Gateway and pull it out. The New Living Standard. I would have loved to open the New Living Standard. So Psalm 45 verse 7 New Living Translation Okay, New Living Translation New Living Translation Let's see what it says Beloved people just one second. Okay, so we'll read all the other versions too. Now, King James says, Psalm 45 verse 7, that's where we're beginning with the new segment. This second segment, Awamu Yapili. Na kwa wale wanaongea kiswahili tafadhali, nimesema ya kwamba, kwenye hili mtembeleo mkusana ambalo mmeona ikitendeka pale buhungu kakamega ambapo Mungu Jehovah mwenyewe alishuka alishuka kama Mungu Roho Mtakatifu akatua kabisa kwa kichwa ya mtumishi wake tarehe moja Januari mwaka 2009 na baada ya kutua vyema kabisa ndio sasa akatoka hivi na furaha unaona wakati anatoka sasa kuna furaha na glide na anacheza kienda na Tumeona vyema kabisa katika kitabu cha Mathayo mlango wa tatu kuanzia mstari tumeanza mbele kidogo hapo tatu mpaka saba Tunaona kwamba ili mtembeleo ni mtembeleo mmoja kubwa sana na nyeti sana katika maisha ya bin Adam, maisha ya bingu na maisha ya kanisa na umilele pia. Maisha ya umilele na Mungu. Ni ya kwamba dunia ilikumbatana na wakati ambapo walikuwa namtarajia Messi Messia na wakashughulika sana kujiuliza je Messi atakuwa ni nani kwa hivyo kitambulisho chake kilikuwa cha muhimu sana dunia nzima ilikuwa ikitetemeka ikiwa kwenye hofu ikiwa kwenye mtetemeko ya kwamba itabidi wamtambue vyema masi kwa maana walijua umuhimu wake kwa kuja kwake kuokoa bin adam na wakati walikuwa wamekumbatana na hilo hali ya kumtafuta ya kupenda sana kutamani sana kumjua ya kwamba masi ni nane watu ni wengi ni mamilioni na tunasikia mmoja wao ni masi atakuwa ni masi hapa masi ama atatuokoa mwokozi wetu mfalme ilikuwa katika hali hiyo ndio sasa Yohana Yohana mbatizaji alienda pale kubatiza na tukasoma hata kitabu cha Yohana mlango la kuwa kwanza mstari wa 31 hadi 34 ambapo tunaona Yohana akisema hata mimi mwenyewe singeweza kumjua sikumjua huyo masi 
lakini yule alituma kubatiza na maji aliniambia kwamba wakati nitakuwa nikibatiza kwa maji kubatiza wote wale watu yule miongoni mwao ambapo nitabatiza alafu Mungu mwenyewe Jehova Yahweh ashuke kutoka mbinguni atue kwake huyo huyo ndiye atakuwa ni Mesia huyo ndiye Kristo na kazi yake Yohana ya kubatiza ilikuwa ametumwa nayo kwa nia moja kumtambua Kristo kwa ulimwengu kumtambua Kristo kwa Israeli ndio tukaona hata katika kitabu cha Luka mlango wa tatu kuanzia mstari wa moja hadi mbili pale ya kwamba Biblia inasema kwamba hilo tembelezo lilikuwa kubwa sana kwa maana Mungu alikuja kimwili na mwili wake mwili wa mbinguni bodily form akashuka na mwili bingu ikafunguka bodily form akashuka na mwili wake mwili wa mbinguni akashuka naye chini ni mtembelezo mkubwa sana wa milele na alikuja kwa nia moja tunaona ya kwamba alikuja kwa nia moja kumtambua Kristo kusema ya kwamba jameni mmekuwa mkiongoja sana na hofu na kutetemeka na mambo mengi na uvumi na fununu lakini sasa huyo hapa huyu ndiye Kristo wenu huyo hapa ndiye mkombozi wenu ndio tunaona ilikuwa ni mtembeleo wa mzito sana ilikuwa hii ni kazi la kutambua Kristo kuleta kitambulisho chake waziwazi hadharani watu wote wapate kumchua waanze kumwabudu na kumsikiza vyema kupata agizo lake na neno pia ambalo amekuja nalo kutoka kwa baba ilikuwa kazi ya muhimu sana mpaka bingu ilibidi bingu Mungu mwenyewe atoke amtambue uzito wake uzito wa huduma wake na misheni yake ndio baadaye tena nikaongelesha kidogo hapo mbele nikasema kwamba katika kitabu cha Wakolosayo mlango wa pili mstari wa tisa inatuambia kwamba hata Kristo wakati alikuwa pale alikuwa na Mungu nzima the whole deity of God the godhead Mungu wa mbinguni alikuwa amebeba utu wa Mungu pale Mungu mzima pale na tukaona pia Roho Mtakatifu alikuja kama Jehova in the form kwa njia kwa njia ya njiwa ile njiwa nyeupe sana na hilo njiwa ni kubwa sana sio kama njiwa za kawaida na ni utukufu sana na ikifanya mabawa yake hivi wakati inatoa hata glory utukufu na njiwa pia iko na utu wa Mungu kamili yote Jehova na baba pia kaongea wakati sasa ametoka kwa maji ashabatizwa akasema huyo ndiye mwanangu amana mpendae sana This is my beloved son whom I love akampambulisha mbele za watu wote kuanzia hii siku mpaka saa hizi kuona kwamba Mesia akaingia hilo ndio lilikuwa kwa kimombo inasemwa he was sworn into the office hiyo ilikuwa si kama likiapo lakini ilikuwa ni kuswea in kukuswea in kuingizwa kirasmi officially kuingizwa kwenye ofisi ya masia hilo ndio siku la moja siku la kwanza aliingia kwenye ofisi la masia akapea mamlaka na instruments of power hiyo manake yale vyombo zote za madola ma, vyombo zote haitajie kutenda hilo kazi ndio akaenda paka msalabani akatenda kazi 
ndio tukaona katika kitabu cha funua Yohana mlango wa tano na ya sita ya kwamba kulikuwa malalamishi sana pale mbinguni wakati sasa gombo la Mungu ambalo limeandika vipengei imeandika plani ya Mungu vile amepanga mpango wake kuhusu kukomboa binadamu kutoka ulimwengu hapa mpaka umelele mbinguni lilo gombo lilikuwa kwenye mkono wa kulea wa baba na walitafuta dunia hapa yote ni nani atachukua ilo gombo afungue misiba zake hawakupata mtu duniani hapa na chini ya dunia hawakupata chini ya bahari hawakupata mbinguni wakatafuta hawakupata lakini wakati Yohana sasa alikuwa ameanza kulia pale na kuomboleza ya kwamba hakuna amepatwa ambalo anaweza kafungua hilo gombo ndio kafikia sasa wale wa elders pale wazee wakasema bana usilie kwamba simba wa kabila ya Yuda mizizi ule mwana wa Daudi tayari ashashinda pale Yesayam pale msalabani kwa hivyo usilie usihuzunike usiomboleze hapa sasa yeye simba wa Yuda ako na mamlaka na nguvu ya kutosha ya kuchukua hilo gombo kutoka mikono za baba mtakatifu mbinguni na kufungua vitenge vyake zote saba vifungo vyake zote saba kuzifungua ako na mamlaka na mara moja yaana kaona bwana kondoa Mungu akisimama pale katikati ya kiti cha enzi na pia amechinjwa na damu ikitiririka kwa mwili wake. Na mimi nikasema katika mtembeleo wa tarehe mbili mwaka mwezi wa nne mwaka wa 2004 wakati bwana aliongelesha kuhusu unabii mingi sana mambo mengi na hii mtembeleo tunadili nayo leo. Niliona wakati mwingine baada ya Yohana kuongea nami alafu akarudi akapotea kwangu akajoin mimi akakuwa mimi sasa niliona bwana kafungua macho langu nikaona mwana kondoo ndani pale wakati ameketi kwenye kiti ambalo ni la utukufu sana pure glorious alafu alikuwa amechinjwa hivi kwa shingo na damu ilikuwa inamweka kwenye utukufu hivi na saa hiyo mwana kondoo akatoka pale moja kwa moja kwenye utukufu kwenye kiti cha enzi cha bwana akakuja mpaka kwa miguu zangu hapa kwenye hiyo maono ya tarehe mbili mwezi wa nne mwaka nne alafu nikamuka wakati amesimama kwangu hapa nikakuwa unabii kubwa hata kuhusu mambo yametendeka Israeli pale Benjamin Netanyahu one two haya ndio nimesema jameni kwa wale ambao ni waswahili uh, lakini sasa nataka niendelee kidogo hivi alafu wakati tunachukua break kidogo mtapata tafsiri katika lugha la Kiswahili So beloved people now we have our Swahili listeners on board I want to now talk about why him because I mentioned why at that age then you see that there was a requirement the requisite age was 30 because of maturity responsibility the ability to execute duty to make some serious calls of duty and all that it was set up to 50 and you see that the levites it was brought a little down by 5 years but the 5 years were used for pre- airing them to appear in the holy of holies and do divine duty so now the book of psalm 45 why him psalm 45 verse 7 this is what it says beloved i'm reading king james <coughs> excuse me. 
King James says, Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. You remember the other version said, more than your companion. This is very powerful. He says, because he said, thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. So he's talking about his pedigree, his contemporaries above them. The other version say companions. Amplif- Let me read that I'll explain. Amplified says, you love righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God, and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. Very powerful, beloved people, right there. Now, New American Standard says, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy. You see that now from bloodless joy. The oil of joy above your fellows. Again, saying your companions. Very powerful, beloved people. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. And he goes on to say further on in uh, NIV. It says, verse 7, you love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions. Now, NIV says, set you above your companions, meaning exalted you higher than them. And then I'm reading now here, New Living Translation that says, you love justice and hate evil. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. So it's sort of saying your companions, your fellows, you say more than anybody else ever created. This is what he was saying to the Messiah. And we are now focused on the Messiah. Then we'll come to the visitation of he that speaks with you today. Amazing, amazing, beloved people. There is a big visitation in the Church of Christ. It's a tremendous time. So this scripture essentially does go a long way in explaining to the church why the choice. We have seen why the time, why the age of 30, why the choice. He's saying very clearly, beloved people, that there is a situation here. There is a fight. He's saying there is a fight between good and evil. Let me first give you my compound definition, or I mean the compounding of this scripture, how I've composed it together now, I've put it together. Because what I've done is I've said, on my own, I've now put all the versions, some of the versions together, and I've said, you love righteousness, Holiness, 
justice and right standing with God and hate wickedness, evil, again, and hate wickedness, evil, and sin. Therefore, Jehovah God, your God, has separated you and anointed you by pouring out on you enormous amounts of the oil of joy and gladness in order to set you apart and exalt you more than anyone else. Hallelujah. So this scripture is very powerful, beloved people, because it talks about a serious fight. And that's why I kept saying the Messiah was admitted into the military duty, was given the instruments of power, and he was sworn in and given the instruments of power in the military office of the Messiah to do the military duty of the Messiah. Why? Why did they say military? Because you would have to battle. You would have to fight sin and fight Satan, fight the serpent. And so, in this scripture, there is so much about the choice. Because he's saying, the reason the Messiah is chosen, the reason the Messiah is chosen, beloved people, the reason they choose him, and he says, he is chosen because there is a fight, there is a conflict, there is a battle raging on. There is a great contestation between right and wrong, between good and evil, between righteousness and wickedness. And he says, Thou lovest righteousness and justice and hatest wickedness and evil. Meaning, you are not just a passive person that was sitting over there and going with the wave. Are you born again? Yes, I'm born again. Uh, do you love righteousness? Oh, righteousness I love. How about wickedness? Do you hate it? I hate it very much. And that's all. And moving on with the wave, you, in, any, in any case, in, in, you would have to ask them. Moving with the flow in the bandwagon. He said, no. The choice is based on some fundamental principles. That this is one who loves righteousness and justice, meaning he stepped out some million miles to pursue righteousness openly in the public space, and he stood for it, and everybody saw him that he stands for righteousness. He went out for righteousness. He wasn't passive at all. 
stepped out and pursued it made on miles away. And everybody saw in the public space, public domain, that this man is pursuing righteousness and justice. And he hated wickedness and evil, meaning he stepped out and went and combated and did battle against wickedness and evil and besmirched it and quenched it and neutralized it. He said, that is the type of person that was chosen. That is the type of person of the Messiah that was chosen, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit constituting the Godhead. The Godhead would come down in the form of the person of God the Holy Spirit, in bodily form, and endorse him owing to the gravity he is, and the gravity of the mission of that office. The choice is by no means mistaken. He was not neutral in the contest, in the fight against wickedness. And so, this became a very important moment. The formal official entry of the Messiah into his public duty. The inauguration of the Messiah into his public office, public ministry. It marked the installation. He was installed. He was installed on that day into the ministerial duty of the military duty of the military office of the Messiah to fight, to fight what? Sin and the serpent. Sin and Satan. And so this calling, the nature of the calling was so heavy, so great of gravity that the Godhead himself had to come down, to come down and make sure that the Messiah, as is being inaugurated into that office of military duty to combat sin and Satan, that the Messiah would have to be fitted, fitted with certain unique and strange and peculiar powers and authority to combat evil, to be fitted with certain equipment. Hallelujah. To be equipped. How powerful. That the Messiah was on this day at the Jordan River here, admitted and officially inaugurated and sworn in into the military duty of the Messiah. Meaning until the cross and resurrection. So powerful, beloved people, this visitation. And it's such a mighty, mighty visitation. And when you look at the entire cascade of events, it is so powerful because after that, after that, when the Messiah has been fitted, he has been equipped with authority and power and now sworn in, and sworn in and seated, in the military office of the Messiah to do military battle against sin and Satan. Then you see him now. He went and read from Isaiah 61. 
Can you turn with me to Isaiah 61, beloved people? Isaiah 61. Then he walked into the temple of the Lord, into the house of the Lord. He took the scroll, and there are many books there on the scroll in the Torah. He went on across them, looking, looking. He got the book of Isaiah. When he read the book of Isaiah, then he went to verse 1. Then he read the following, beloved people. I'm reading NIV for the beginning. Then he said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Is upon me. Is on me. Because the Lord has fitted me, has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and the release from darkness for the prisoners. Hallelujah. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all those that mourn and provide for those that grieve in Zion, to bestow on them the crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. How powerful, beloved people, how mighty this calling of the office of the Messiah was so serious that when he sent John, he told him, look forward to this, go and baptize. And the purpose, the mission for baptizing is to be able to identify him. We remember Simeon in Luke chapter 2. When Simeon was sent in the temple to bless the children, that as you bless the children, you will identify one. That will be the Messiah. Same thing with John. It had been promised that until he come, I would have to do this baptism. The baptism of water. And then, when now he's been identified, the Godhead himself, owing to the duty, the gravity of the duty of the office of the Messiah, the Godhead himself now descends and descends on him and lights on him and settles on his head. And heaven opens and the Lord says, this is my son, God the Father, saying, this is my son, whom I love very much, beloved. With him I am well pleased. What a mighty announcement. When he said so, beloved people, he essentially approved of the Messiah. That was a mighty approval of the Messiah by heaven, by the entire heaven, because all the heavenly hosts, the trumpet men, the angels, the archangels, everybody, the cherubim of glory, the seraphim of the Lord, all the tremendous creatures and creation of God, all of them were witness to this. 
Oi. It became a monumental approval of the Messiah, acceptance of the Messiah by heaven, praise of the Messiah, ascent. In other words, on that day, the Godhead ascended, like when 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 you have a president in one of your countries ascends to a law, signs it, parliament brings, and he accepts it and signs. That was. A mighty ascent of the Messiah, meaning God signed his own seal of approval on him. That was a mighty encouragement of the Messiah by heaven, by the Godhead himself. Recognition of the Messiah, a mighty appreciation of the Messiah, a mighty support, so we support you. Mighty respect of the Messiah. Mighty honor of the Messiah. That was a mighty admiration of the Messiah. We admire you. A mighty commendation of the Messiah. We commend you for the good job. Because he loves righteousness and justice. And hates wickedness and evil. Therefore, God has anointed him in a way that he has not done for any man, any of his contemporaries. Hallelujah. That was a mighty congratulation by God the Father, the Godhead, to the Messiah. A mighty acclamation to the Messiah, of the Messiah. Mighty regards for the Messiah. They regarded him highly. Mighty esteem of the Messiah. Mighty veneration of the Messiah. Mighty applause for the Messiah. Mighty accolades for the Messiah. A mighty salute by heaven to the Messiah. By God himself to the Messiah. A mighty laudation to the Messiah. And the list goes on and on and on. And all these put together, they constituted the mightiest endorsement of the Messiah and recognition of him and revelation, the revealing of him to all creation, heaven and earth and universe. But this is the Messiah. Oi. So, beloved, how awesome, how awesome the hour we are in. And now you see that the Lord God comes again in his prophetic timeline clock. He arrives at the same time again. When everybody on the earth is aware that the Messiah is coming. Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. Everybody is aware that the Messiah must come. And the signs look like he is coming. The Messiah is coming. And when you look at the Bible, everybody can see that there are certain promises the Lord gave the earth, the nations of the earth, and the universe. He promised the earth and the universe 
certain promises before the Messiah come. One of them is the book of Malachi chapter 4, verses 4 to 5. He says, remember the law of my servant Moses and the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. You remember those are the laws that made us know, made men know, made the nations know, made you know, made all know what sin is, that sin is sin, that when you do this, this is sin. That was the first allusion of the redemption plan of God. In verse 5, you see the promises. He promises, see, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. And Elijah, the prophet Elijah, when he comes, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Everybody knows this, including Israel. Right now on this radio, even yesterday in the National Council of Bishops, there's a continuous Hebrew song that is sung by Haim. Haim, one of the musicians in Israel, the singers there, they sing it. It's a song they worship every Shabbat. When they sing, they call for Elijah. They say, come back. You were promised us. God promised us that you would come back. And they're looking in the sky. Come back to us. When you come, bring your fire. You see them simulating fire. Bring your miracles. Bring your wonders. When you come, Jerusalem will be safe. The wars will end. You are the one alone that has power and authority to bring the Messiah, the son of David, and then David. Even the Hebrew people, they know that that promise was late here. That before the Messiah comes, the dreadful prophet, the deadly prophet Elijah would appear. God promised. See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. But because of the gravity of the office, how great the office of military duty, the office of the military duty of Elijah is, because of the gravity of his mission, many nations have been waiting, tuning TV, trying to check the web, trying to see the signs, trying to listen to radio, trying to hear rumors. Have you heard on that end of yours? Have you heard about the other nation? How about your country? Have you heard? Has he appeared anywhere? Because his signs, the Bible has, everybody knows. There has been great anticipation, great expectation. Everybody was waiting. When will Elijah come and prepare us? Because when he comes, he comes with the fire of Jehovah. He comes with his, he comes with unique abilities. He's the one Jehovah, the Godhead, promised us. He would come and prepare the nations, prepare the universe, prepare the earth. 
prepare everybody and announce to heaven. Announce to heaven the whole source of. And only he has the power to bring the Messiah. The nations have been waiting, looking around. There are seven billion people. And owing to the gravity of the military duty, the gravity of the office of the prophet Elijah, When the time to introduce him, because of the many liars on the earth, liars, falsehood, deception, when the time came to introduce him, the Godhead himself, in bodily form, had to come down. Hallelujah! And light on him, and descend on him, and tell the whole universe, and all the heavenly hosts come with him, and the heavens see that this even like the prophet I promised you. Listen to him. This is my beloved prophet, whom I love. Listen to him. I. I. This is the one I promised you. Listen to him. I. To identify him in such a way that nobody ever, ever can ever say, oh, I did see him. I have not seen him. I have not known how to identify him. How mighty beloved people. How powerful. How tremendous. But when the hour came for the Lord now, Owing to the gravity of the office of the dreadful prophet Elijah, the two witnesses of Jehovah, <laughs> God Himself had to come out in bodily form with heavenly hosts, of course. He never comes out alone. Look at the presidents and the kings of this world. When they go to a place, they never come out alone. You have advanced teams your security teams, your delegations, and everything. How much more the Lord? And he had to come down and light on him, to equip him and make him fitted in a unique way to do the military duty of the office of the dreadful prophet Elijah. And on that day, he essentially marked the inauguration and the admission, he admitted them, the two, the two dreadful witnesses of God into the office of the two dreadful witnesses of Revelation 11. Hey! He admitted them on that day. Into the office of the two dreadful witnesses of God. The one that says, and I will give power to my witnesses. And he's such a place setter, a paradigm shifter. Why? And he comes and lights out of seven billion. He says, it is this one here. Why? Because he says, thou lovest righteousness and justice, and thou hatest 
wickedness and evil. Therefore, Jehovah God, you are God, has anointed you and poured out the tremendous oil of gladness and joy in copious quantities over flooded you and set you apart and exalted you and anointed you more than anybody else, more than your other fellows. How awesome. Why? To show his approval. And to him to show the world that he might approve of him. To show his acceptance of him. To show his praise of him. To show his assent of him. To show his encouragement of him. To show his appreciation of him. To show his support of him. To show his honor of him. To show his respect of him. To show his admiration of him. To show his commendation of him. To show his congratulation of him. His acclamation of him. His regard of him. His esteem of him. His veneration of him. His applause of him. His accolades of him. His salute of him. His foundation of him. Hey! And the person of the Godhead, the person of the Holy Spirit, descending and lighting on him, essentially inaugurated him. It inaugurated the day, the day when he entered, inaugurated him in the execution of the office. Of the true witnesses of Revelation 11. The execution of the military duty of the office of the two witnesses of Revelation 11. The execution of that military duty began, it came in effect on that day, January 1, 2009. When the Godhead himself came and landed on him. And you see the big dove. And you see he's white and glorious. I want to share here some visions and visitations. About probably, I could say about five times now. Heaven opens. And in that vision, I see the glory beaming. Including recently when I gave the prophecy. And the glory beams from heaven radiating outwards in rays on me where I'm standing. And then, normally, the person of the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, Jehovah comes down at the earth. And normally, that glory goes over my head with a wing. It has been happening for some time now. And this one he did January 1, 2009. And he did. He did not allow it to come out. Until he doubled them and now admitted them in the office. How tremendous. And he intended in so doing to show the nations of the earth and the entire universe that his greatest prophet Elijah has now come and he comes to wage war against sin and Satan 
got to prepare the way for the glorious coming of the Messiah. That he comes to reconcile mankind, the church, to God, to God the Father, and bring good tidings of reconciliation with God before the Messiah comes, lest the Lord strike the earth. Therefore, the person of the Godhead coming down as the person of the Holy Spirit in bodily form and lighting on his mightiest prophet essentially, officially launched him. It launched the official entrance. When he officially entered into his public employment by heaven in the office of the two witnesses of Revelation 11. Employment by God in heaven. And God the Father personally came. The Godhead personally came and anointed him and identified him in a unique way, in a peculiar manner. And he seated him and bolted him with authority for public works to prepare the nations and wage war against sin and Satan. Hey, you love justice and righteousness and hate evil and wickedness. Therefore, Jehovah God, you are God, have set you apart and set you up and anointed you and poured out on you the oil of joy more than anyone else in your pedigree. On that day, a tremendous inauguration took place. The spirit of the living God God in bodily form himself landed on him to identify him that there will be no counterfeit ever again. Never. Never ever. Not on this one. Because this one bears on eternity. And he said in Luke chapter 4 then he says in Luke chapter 4 after fitting him now so that he now walks the footprint of the Messiah. He walks the footsteps of the Messiah. Hey, how powerful a moment on the earth. Luke chapter 4, 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the recovery of sight for the blind, and release the oppressed to proclaim the year of the favor of the Lord. And I can add here now, and the resurrection of the dead, and the cleansing of the leprosy, and the opening of their fears, and on and on and on and on, even as the Messiah did to prepare the way for the Messiah. 
God the Father on that day, the Godhead with the three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they confirmed to the nations that the waiting was over. They awaited Elijah. The Elijah you awaited for, who would prepare you, is here. And he confirmed that the gospel of repentance and holiness that he dispenses is the true counsel for this hour. Therefore, God sent the person of the Holy Spirit to shine the light on him, essentially to publicly establish the perfect and excellent relationship that he, the Godhead, has with his mightiest prophet. And that the mission of the mightiest prophet on the earth is the true counsel for this generation. It is the true advice. It is the true counsel for the church. in order that the church may enter eternity with the Godhead in heaven. And that the glorious doctrine of repentance and holiness and righteousness that the Lord, the God has sent his mightiest prophet with, it is the great blessing for this generation to prepare them for the coming of the Messiah. For the coming of eternity. He says, therefore, the preaching of repentance and righteousness and holiness and the miracles and the tremendous wonders and the revelations that his mighty servant has executed in the public space they all together testify that Christ Jesus is the way, the one and only way, and that God the Father indeed delights in the works of the cross of His Son. And therefore, He sends His mightiest prophet to preserve those gains of the cross, to remove the church from apostasy and preserve the gains of the cross of Jesus. How powerful, beloved people. That the Elijah, I pray, 